Welcome to Be Transformed with your host, Reverend Christopher Leshberg. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12.2 Men's Ministry, empowering men to overcome and thrive by breaking cycles of addiction, trauma, and generational curses. Romans 12.2's vision is healing families and society by transforming the minds of men into the mind of Christ through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven. You can text or call them at 512-238-0. 000. That's 238-0000 or Romans-122.org. Romans-the number one, number two, letters TWO.org. Now, here's Christopher. Take a listen as we're sharing the from our plank perspective, as Jesus said, How why are you so focused on the speck in your brother's eye in Matthew 7, 4, and 5? When you have a big plank in your own, like th- this plank, this this bondage of, of uh, sexual bondage, this this these porn addictions, these these backgrounds in in our particular lives that have caused us to not have the level of intimacy, the 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 security of a, of a solid attachment with our Lord and Savior and with others are demonic strongholds. They are strongholds that must be demolished. And, and we believe that, as Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6, that, that we battle not like the world does. Our weapons are not like the world's. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So see, these are some of the things that we're after in Romans 12, 2 men's ministry. Part of our pops culture that we're inviting you into here we're sharing it to the nth degree so you have an understanding a little better idea of of who we are and why you may care who we are and why and what god's doing through us and 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 inviting you into it because what we see out there as our mission states to disrupt demand through discipleship what we see this human trafficking, this sex, tra- this child sex trafficking beast that's out there. Ninety-nine percent of the demand are, are men, men just like whether we ever rented a human being or bought another human being or not, or or pimped out another human being or trafficked per se another human being. If we are lusting after that human being, that imago day, we have committed adultery with that person in our hearts. Jesus cuts to the quick. But what we're looking at out there in this demand that we're looking to disrupt, 95% of them are women and children. The average age of entry is 12. The average lifespan is seven after they enter in. Less than 2% are ever rescued. Over 2 million every year go into this deepest, darkest recesses of hell. That's every one second, four enter into this hell and less than 2% are rescued and men are largely if not predominantly if not 99% of the demand are because of men one out of three women are sexually abused but those are reported cases and you heard it in my plank that's in my story with my wife and I one out of six men boys or men are sexually abused but that's reported cases, and you heard that from Ike to Isaac in his story. You heard that in my story as well. I'm, we're one of those statistics, but none of us reported. Arguably, 7 out of 10 Christian men are tied up in this sexual bondage and porn addiction, and these are statistics from Pure Desire Ministries and Josh McDowell Ministries. 5 out of 10 male pastors 
There's over 13,000 data points they looked at, and over and over these numbers keep coming back. Only five out of those seven have anyone to talk to about this. I'm sorry, two out of seven, five out of seven have no one to talk to. No one to talk to about this deepest, darkest sin that has a death grip on them, just like it had a death grip on me. And it was blocking the intimacy with my Lord and Savior. It was blocking intimacy with others. It was blocking my ability to attach securely to my Lord and Savior and to others. 93% of churches out there do not have a cohesive, holistic approach to how to demolish this stronghold completely in other men. That's over 34 million Christian men in this country that we know are suffering in silence. They are suffering in isolation. They are suffering in shame. They're not willing to speak up because arguably there's not a culture around for them to do so on a regular basis. And we believe we've been called to that, to provide that culture. Our core values here at Romans 12, 2 are derived from biblical principles. We help men become Romans 12, 2 men, and most importantly, devoted followers of Christ to be converted, to be transformed into the image of Christ. That's the most important thing. Becoming a Romans 12, 2 man is just along the way to help understand that there are certain things that, that are blocking that intimacy and blocking that connection, blocking that maturity, and we need to address it. And in our pop's culture, first P is for plank that I've been addressing so far. Obedience is the O in pops. Take every thought captive. Take a listen to those episodes. We have more in-depth conversation and more stories for plank and for obedience in this morning. We're addressing proactivity, the P for proactive. Present our bodies as living and holy sacrifices. Romans 12, 2 men are committed to daily consecration of our minds, bodies, and souls and environments to Christ as an act to true worship, facilitating those environments, providing those environments, stewarding those environments so those who are and have been suffering in silence or, or in ignorance as I was, as you heard in some of my story, in Ike's story, that we didn't realize how much pain we were actually covering with these different sin propensities. But there was. There was unhealed wounds that were causing this pain, and we needed to be proactive about researching the, that, that body that's our, the temple of the Holy Spirit in the mind so that we could Again, gain greater access to our Lord and Savior and live an abundant life that we've been called to. That is true worship, how we live out this life. Romans 12, 2 men, our yes is our yes and our no is our no. Consistently, progressively, and measured by sponsors, measured by leaders that are there to help disciple in a one-to-one fashion by our Romans 12, 2 Leaders, And we have two of them here with me again this morning. We have our Vice President Isaac Cormier. And again, you've heard his story. If you haven't, please listen to Ike to Isaac. He has a four-part testimony where he just opens up his journal and pours out his heart. And we have Nicholas Linzemeyer here, our creative director and board of director and, and small group leader, one who is pouring his life out in a very proactive manner looking at his own plank and and been actively in this recovery process for well over four years now, I think into five as this process continues. 
and we'd love to hear more from you, Nicholas, as, as I know that this, 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 this particular part of our pop's culture has been near and dear to your heart. Will you tell us a little bit more about why? Yeah, Christopher, thank you. Um, the proactivity was, was always something that really stood out to me because um, I felt like there was uh, a huge part of this that showed itself in my testimony uh, as I started to go through the work, go through the group, and learn more about myself and my past and my hurts and woundings. Um, I saw more of um, this proactive component missing in my story. And, um, you know, I grew up in church, as I've shared before. And so anybody who's been to church knows, you know, and a lot of people who haven't been to church know the creation story. Um, in, in Genesis chapter three is, I'm going to read a, a selection of verses from Genesis chapter three that really stood out to me in, in discussing this proactivity component. But, um, it was referred to in one of our groups as the curse of Adam, it being passivity. Mm-hmm. passivity being the curse of Adam and uh, having read back through the creation story again in the garden and Adam and Eve, seeing that in a different light through the lens of my own experience, through the lens of my own um, testimony, my own story, my own you know sin uh, really kind of brought this whole proactivity component to life for me. Um, in Genesis chapter 3, um, you know, God creates the garden, creates Adam, creates Eve, um, puts them in the garden, commissions them to to be fruitful and to and to you know inhabit this land and to rule over it. And then the story of the knowledge of the tree of good and uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, mm-hmm. and God commands them to not eat from it. Um, and then the serpent comes along and and starts to to engage Eve in conversation and say, well, you know, and, and every, like, once again, everybody knows the story. But what really stood out to me was was this verse in, in verse 6 when it says, the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good. I'm reading from NIV, by the way. Um, the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And that was one that I was like, wait a minute. So Adam was there the whole time, just kind of sitting back, watching this happen, you know, and, and then she gives it and he says, okay, sounds good. Yeah, she didn't die. So, but I mean, that right there is just the, the epitome of the passivity that, that I began to see in my own life, you know, sitting there passively seeing things happen, whether it be to my wife or to my kids or to my friends or, or whatever, but just kind of, um, I, I was always a, a people pleaser. And so I, I wanted to be like the go with the flow kind of guy. You know, I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to challenge people. I didn't like, um, conflict so much, you know, but I wanted to be the guy that everybody liked. And so I just kind of go with the flow, you know, easy going. I'm not going to, raise a ruckus or anything like that, but passivity began to, to take shape in that. And what happens next in the story of Adam and Eve is what began to happen next in my own story. 
and they Adam and Eve eat the fruit, realize they're naked, you know, make themselves coverings out of fig leaves, and then they hear the Lord God walking through the garden. And, you know, this is a, another story for another day, but God says, where are you? You know, like God's asking for GPS coordinates, right. and everybody knows that God is never asking for information right. and omnipotent God and omniscient God and all-knowing, all-powerful God is not asking us physically where are we located at the moment, but he's asking where our hearts are. Mm-hmm. And Adam says, I, answer, uh, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And he said, verse 11, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Verse 12, the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And and that was the, the, the second part to Adam's passivity. So first of all, he's sitting there, not engaged, allowing this uh, interaction between Eve and the serpent. And then he just says, well, okay, sure, yeah, I'll take it. And he eats the fruit. And now, because the consequences of his actions have come home to roost, well, it, the woman gave it to me, mm-hmm. you know. And he's spin doctoring it. He, he, he's justifying his action. He's trying to to buck responsibility, mm-hmm. right? And that was what I began to see in my life a lot was, you know, as I believe it's Dr. Ted Roberts from Pure Desire says, emotional bills always come due, right. mm-hmm. you know? And emotional bills in my marriage and in relationships began to come to, to become due in my life. But my response was following pattern with with the curse of Adam here. My passivity and my lack of intentionality in my life was reaping its its harvest in my life. But well, but that's not my fault. You know, my wife's the one that isn't you know isn't uh, fulfilling my desires. You know. It's, uh, well, I grew up in church, so I didn't get to a chance to sow my wild oats, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm missing out on this stuff, and that's not my fault that I was raised in church, you know, and that I missed out on this stuff. And Well, well, every man struggles with it. Every man deals with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not, this isn't just a me thing, you know. Well, it's not that bad. I'm, I'm not hurting people. I'm not, you know, all of these justifications and passing the buck began to tape shake take shape in my life. And when I saw the connection between the patterns in my life and the pattern in the garden, that, that curse of Adam, the passivity really kind of stood in a new light for me. And then contrasting that to uh, Genesis, I believe it's chapter 39 and the story of Joseph and and Potiphar's wife. And, you know, Joseph had, if you want to talk about having excuses and having the ability to to say, well, it wasn't my choice to be in this situation. I mean, Joseph had that opportunity to make that excuse, right? And when Potiphar's wife and quite frankly, you know, an opportunity to indulge presented itself to him, he wasn't passive. And he, he acted immediately in, you know, and, and ran out of there and took responsibility for his own actions. And 
the contrast between those two stories um, really showed where my life was and, and the, the passivity that had developed in my life and the, the proactivity and the intentionality that I was supposed to be living in, the lack thereof. And so, you know, Joseph could have easily said, well, what am I supposed to do? Is my, this is my master's wife. What am I supposed to tell her? No, you know, I wasn't put in this position. You know, she grabbed me, you know, and um, I just hear so many different instances in my own life, which hopefully I'll, you know, soon here get the chance to share more in depth my story. So many instances where, where that was my excuse. This wasn't my choice. You know, this, you chose that, you know, this was your choice or, um, I, you know, this wasn't something that I, you know, put myself in this position. This was, I, I just, it happened here. You know, this is, these people were here and I was here. And so the opportunity for passivity presented itself and the proactivity, one of the things that really began to, to be an opportunity for me to, to, uh, what's the word exercise proactivity was with the creation of guardrails in my life. And, you know, you think of a guardrail on a highway. Mm-hmm. Well, the guardrails aren't right up against the edge of the road, right? There's a shoulder and then a guardrail, right? And then usually if you're like going around a turn and there's a drop off, there's going to be a guardrail and then there's going to be a little bit more space and then a drop off, right? But the guardrail is to keep you from going too far before you drop off that cliff, right? Or before you get into to some serious trouble and moving that guardrail away from the abyss, seeing that in a practical standpoint in my own life, like creating guardrails in my life, creating practices like Christopher, you talked about, um, the, the disciplines that we practice as a ministry, um, the, the one-on-one relationships, the, the check-ins, the scripture memory and, um, all of these these disciplines that we practice as a ministry um, are designed, you know, you have to be proactive to instill those into your life, but they're designed to keep you, if I hit a guardrail, well, it's a little further, you know, away from the cliff. I'm not going to go right off the cliff immediately. I'm like, oh, man, I ran into a guardrail. I need to correct. But I'm not, you know, 40 feet down in a gully now. I haven't crashed and burned. And so the proactivity component of those guardrails, moving them in and away from, look, I'm not even going to put myself in a position where I'm downtown on 6th Street talking to single ladies without my wife. You know, well, I don't know what happened. It wasn't my fault. I was just here with my buddy and this girl, you know, and that, I mean, so many opportunities for that to happen in, in my story, you know, years ago. That was the passivity that was playing out in my life, and I had to move into where I am now practicing, well, if I don't want to end up in that situation where my wife is upset that I was chatting to some girl downtown drunk, well, then I, okay, what do I need to do? I need to not put myself in those situations anymore. I don't go drinking downtown anymore. I don't talk to women without, you know, by myself. I don't, I don't communicate with women one-on-one, you know? So 
moving those guardrails proactivity closer and closer to to keep myself pure, to keep myself in line, to keep myself in uh, pursuit of holiness is something that that really has been a process of of learning and executing and and a process of humility not kn- not really knowing how to do it right at the beginning and then okay well I messed that up so okay let's try again so um those were just two of the two of the scriptures that stood out to me in in the understanding of passivity versus proactivity and the way that that passivity had just been so pervasive in my life that quite frankly I was unaware of you know uh, I was unaware of how pervasive it was in my life but as you set up a guardrail and you crash into it you realize oh man I got really close to going off the cliff there I'm gonna have to move that guardrail in a little bit and you know the the kind of um, trial and error research and development that goes along with that um, along the way, but um, th- th- those were were things that that really came to light for me. Learning about passivity and, and proactivity mm. through the process of being a part of Romans twelve two. Thank you for sharing, brother. And that's so powerful. The, everything that you said there, and what Doctor Roberts also says is we're wounded in community, but therefore we need community to heal. And emotional bills do always come due. Like we, you know, the, we're reaping a harvest of our crap seeds, as you said earlier. You know, you, you didn't get to that particular part of the harvest, but that's what it was. It we were, there's crap in our life, and and there's disconnection, and and these are these are elements of of what blocks us. But it, it arguably it's community being invited into one on one small group community where you can be raw, authentic. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful, vulnerable in order to get these things out. So like in Ike's story, Ike to Isaac, in your story, in my story, we were unaware of some of these things. But then we had Imago Days, members of the body of Christ that were challenging in us, that were having tough conversations, that were entering into some conflict, you know, producing conversations in order to for our betterment. Mm-hmm. And Isaac, you had some ideas on, on regards to your proactivity as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, well, as you're saying, passive. I, I had a had to look at the word passiv- passivity and then put it versus patience because I struggled with that in early on with my disciplines because I was like, am I being patient or am I still being passive? And it wasn't until that word intentionality came uh, to me as a word of the year. We get that from Wild at Heart Ministries. They pray for a word that's speaking to you over the year. And that intentionality really started to resonate with me with my daily disciplines and being intentional about those. But seeing as the Holy Spirit was coming in and making it more intentional, that God's intentional, that the fear of the Lord is to be intentional about that, that this is not some fun and game. There's purpose. There's life in it. And as I was moving towards that, as you said, the word humble, that this brought that in too, is it's like being humble enough to – to see that, okay, I'm probably being passive here. Is my yes being my yes or my no being my no? And then having other men to speak life into that and be like questioning those movements and those actions to help practice those guardrails and say, well, maybe we need to ratchet that guardrail a little bit over here and move this around here. And just having those one-on-one sit-downs to really be proactive in that has been such a blessing. And that discipleship component, as you spoke earlier, that one-on-one connection and being intentional there and not being passive, like, oh, well, is this another day I could just go fly by the seat of, no, it's getting up, 
daily before my feet hit the ground, as Ted Roberts said, prophetic promises, the Lord's Prayer, suiting up, and then asking, what do you have for me today, Lord? And the real scripture that hit me through that time of intentionality and to share that with you was Psalms 139 at the end there. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Started praying that. And then and you, I was getting tested, and I, I had to start learning what being intentional was. So thank you. Thank you for sharing, man. And y'all are just incredibly proactive and intentional, and it's just been exponential in all of our walks compared to those decades of rebellion and drifting and just kind of kind of going about it, knowing, having knowledge of the Word of God and having knowledge of our connection with Christ and having knowledge of attachment with others. But in experiencing it, but really getting down to the point where we truly believe it and we own it. Now, all of a sudden, this is just how we live. Now we're more Joseph-like where we're – my relationship with God is so incredibly important. I'm going to risk my life literally as Joseph did by doing the things that he did, risk his life so that his intimacy was not blocked with his Lord and Savior. Amen. And until next time. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and bring you peace. As we proactively take every thought captive, making it obedient to Christ. As he is transforming us from glory to glory into his image. Amen. Amen. Please join us next time as we dive deeper. Isaac and I dive deeper into my story, my plank testimony in Chris to Christopher Part two. You've been listening to Be Transformed with Reverend Christopher Lesper. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12 to Men's Ministry. If you or someone you know needs confidential help or are looking for a place to serve, you can text or call Christopher at 512-238-0000 or Romans-12-2.org. That's Romans-the-number-one, number-two, letters-t-w-o.org.